This is episode 11 of Beyond the Bulletin. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Beyond the Bulletin. I'm Brandon Sweet, editor of The Daily Bulletin. And I'm Pamela Smythe, media relations manager. We're coming to you not quite live from East Campus 5. Thank you for joining us as we go Beyond the Bulletin. Like we do every week, we'll talk about some of the top stories featured in the Daily Bulletin and look ahead to what's happening inside and outside Ring Road. We'll also take the opportunity to speak with people and personalities on campus about key issues that matter. And keep listening to hear my conversation with Rolly Webster, Director of Athletics and Recreation, for a look ahead to the upcoming fall season for the Waterloo Warriors. Now, here's what happened. The Department of Athletics and Recreation has announced the date of the official grand opening of the Columbia Icefield Fieldhouse, located on the university's north campus. Sorry, what is it called? The Columbia Icefield Fieldhouse. Or just Fieldhouse, if you're in a hurry. Anyhow, on Tuesday, September 17th, the $16.5 million project will be officially unveiled beginning at 9 a.m. with a full day of activities and a formal presentation planned at 11 a.m. to celebrate the facility's grand opening. Okay, but why is it called Icefield Fieldhouse? Well, Columbia Icefield is the facility yes, that's out there I'm already, aware right? Of that. The yes, which Arena. is very clever. I love whoever came up with that is brilliant. Fieldhouse is a common name for indoor sports arenas, according to Wikipedia. Mostly used for college basketball, volleyball, or ice hockey. So in a way, the CIF arena out there was already a, a type of field house. And now it's just being added to to the tune of 65,000 square feet hmm. or $16.5 million. Constructed just north of Warrior Field, the 65,000 square foot field house will connect the west side of the existing CIF building and feature a multi-activity turf space. While students will primarily benefit from this new addition, community members will also have access to the field house in the same fashion as other recreational spaces offered by the Department of Athletics and Recreation. So what's the field house for, you might ask? Well, drop-in recreation. Intramurals, including soccer, ultimate frisbee, flag football, and spike ball, whatever that is. Increased space for sports clubs. Additional space for a variety of sports camps. Varsity team practices and training and community bookings. The goal is for the field house to enhance the student experience through the addition of more space, providing a means for more recreational opportunities, which ties into athletics and recreation student wellness priorities. The facility will help students to balance their academics with a modest amount of physical activity. And since it's a year-round climate-controlled recreational space, it can be used no matter the season. It also provides new additional training and practice space for varsity sports teams, and the addition of a new facility will open up more gym time at the PAC and CIF. And good news, no geese inside. Well, I hope that they screen applicants at the door. <laughs> Or else we just might. You must be this tall to walk in. That's right. You, yeah. must, have, you must have no feathers. <laughs> <laughs> now for what's coming up on campus and beyond. It's August, which means it's time for Quantum Summer School. Two programs have been or will be taking place on campus this month. The first is the Quantum Cryptography School for Young Students, or QCSYS. Oh my. Running from August 9th to 16th. Participants discover how the physics and mathematics of quantum mechanics and cryptography merge into one of the most exciting topics in contemporary science, quantum cryptography. Hmm. They have the opportunity to engage in hands-on experiments and attend lectures, collaborate with renowned researchers, participate in group work and social activities, and stay in a university residence while doing all those things. 
Coming up is the International Quantum Key Distribution Summer School, or QKD, which is a 5D program focused on theoretical and experimental aspects of quantum communication with a focus on quantum cryptography. The QKD Summer School aims to provide a solid foundation and relevant approaches and techniques to enable graduate students and young postdoctoral fellows to perform their own independent research. Established in 2008, QKD occurs every other year and was last held in 2017. I imagine that uh, these uh, summer school activities are mostly air-conditioned, which for me is a prerequisite for activities that take place this time of year. <laughs> and now, the interview. While the University of Waterloo may best be known for excellence in academics, the university has a strong tradition of athletics, and some of the teams have been around longer than some faculties, and even the name University of Waterloo. With the start of the Warriors 2019-2020 season about to kick off, Roly Webster, Director of Athletics and Recreation, gives us a sneak peek at what's to come. Welcome, Roly. Good afternoon, Pamela. I think some people will be surprised to know that Waterloo had teams going back all the way to 1957, specifically hockey, basketball, football, and that the athletes studied at what eventually became Laurier and Waterloo. Uh, we've come a long way since then. Describe what athletics and recreation looks like now. Yeah, I think it'd be reflective of most campuses where it is an evolution, um, maybe based on student student need. Um, but at the University of Waterloo, we have grown to over 32 teams and over 600 student athletes uh, that are involved in competing in, in those uniforms. But I also think that there's always a organic growth when you reflect and look at kind of the club model that might be the way they start and then evolve to be a varsity sport. Um, we also have almost 30 club teams that compete um, inter-university or intra-university, but also they may travel international and represent the institution as well. Oh, so what's the difference between club and a varsity team? Yeah, so one of the criteria would be to consider the, the league structure. So in the province of Ontario, we compete in Ontario University Athletics, um, and then nationally we compete in youth sports. Um, so are those sports offered in that league structure for us to choose to compete in uh, for the Waterloo Warriors? So there's so much going on in terms of sports, like you said, that many teams. We're going to focus just on the ones that start and finish in the fall. This time we'll have to have you back to talk about what's coming Absolutely. later. Um, so that, if I'm correct, that covers soccer, rugby cross-country, football, golf, baseball, field hockey? Am I missing any? I think you've probably got them all, but... That's you, a lot. It's an exciting time of year, obviously, and we're opening football camp, so the energy that's in the hallways as uh, parents are dropping off their young men to register and ultimately get on the field the next 24 hours is really exciting. Um, and, you know, if you look at our football program, I think we're at an exciting point of the evolution to be a, a very competitive program, but also um, be sustainable year after year. Cool. Um, and that's been reflected in a lot of our fall sports. Of We've had some first in the last few years that uh, are pretty exciting that we hope yeah. are foundational to kind of build on going forward. So what are you really excited about this fall in particular? I mean, it's interesting. Some of the sports that I love to get out and watch don't garner the fan support that, you, you know, it's just not natural. Um, for instance, I, I love watching our golf teams compete. It's an individual sport that you compete as a team. Mm -hmm. um, so it's pretty unique to compete in an individual sport, but as a team, as a collective. Um, and we've had a long standing reputation uh, on the men's side with Jack Pierce and Dave Hollinger, but also um, under Carla Munch's leadership on the women's side, we've started to have some really good success as well. So, um, you know, they, they train 
hard year long. Um, we have a golf simulator on campus in partnership with engineering. Um, so it's a really unique relationship and, and, uh, it's fun to get it and watch them. I mean, I think the obvious one that gets the attention probably because of where it evolved from is football. Um, we'd had multiple seasons where we hadn't had a victory. Mm -hmm. Um, the last two seasons we've had a 500 season. Um, last year we made it back to the back to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Yeah, that was great. Um, so so that, close to the semifinals. Yeah, and so, like, what I love about that scenario is we have legitimately earned the opportunity to be disappointed. I think it's a neat position to be actually disappointed that we didn't win a playoff game because I'm not mm -hmm. sure too many people would have thought that five years ago. Well, and it's true. There have been some disappointing seasons with winless seasons or one win. Um, what's that like for a team uh, that's just starting out a new season when that's their history? With football, when it's the evolution of a program that's really struggled, um, I think it is that appetite to change that. And so, um, and we've had that with soccers and rugby's and mm -hmm. so on too. Um, and I think it's this collective energy by the coaches and their efforts to recruit the right student athletes um, where we can change expectations um, and it is rewarding. There is a scoreboard in these sports, and so you want that to change. So it's good to see that their efforts are rewarded. We've obviously reinvested or focused on uh, football being a priority for us over the last five years. And I think if I look at our peer institutions, it's not getting easier. We haven't just closed, you know, we've mm -hmm. closed the gap on where we came from. But um, the commitment from our peer institutions is very similar. They they want to be in the playoffs too. Their strong showing is just all the more remarkable because they had a really hard start to the season, didn't they? With um, a shocking and tragic loss of one of their teammates, Landing. The impact of losing a teammate is um, tough. It's really tough. But I think... What we saw was the collective rally around that to support his family, to support his community, um, also is the strength of sport. So the impact is tougher because you had a relationship as a teammate, but I think that collective power of a roster of a team um, also allows you to navigate and grieve a, a really difficult situation. And then only months later, Chris Triana Teflu, uh, who was the facilities manager before that, he was a coach, even the head coach, um, he died after a brief fight with cancer. So that's, I mean, that's those are big losses for all of athletics. So um, I would think they would all be affected in some way. When you lose a coach um, that had worked here for so long and then transitioned to be your facilities manager, um, I think it is tough on his colleagues, but also those that he touched before in, in the yeah. role of a coach. Why is there such a commitment to the football team? Um, I mean, for us, it's across the board. Like, uh, I, you know, my vision is that we, if we're competing in these sports, then we should be committed to put them in position right. um, to have success. The key pillars for us is the leadership and hiring Coach Bertoia in, in the fall mm -hmm. of 2014. Um, it is the the ability to attract top student athletes. So that's effort based, but it also is making sure we have the scholarship support. Um, so institutionally, we've made that a priority, but also our alumni has supported that priority. Um, and the third is, I think, facilities. So though we have a great stadium for for football, um, obviously the f the field house um, mm -hmm. is an exciting component that will impact um, that program and the success of the student-athletes, but also um, it's going to greatly enhance the student-athlete experience across the board, um, not just that program.
a huge priority for us is recreation. And I think if I think about recreation, lots of people reference intramurals, but I think it is open recreation when you have that opportunity to kind of play. And so that space will provide us additional capacity that we haven't had. Um, we've gone through tremendous growth at this institution where we haven't grown our footprint in a long time. And so to have that supported by the institution and be a priority to add 60 plus thousand square feet Mm -hmm. it's that proactive approach to well-being it's the value of physical activity it's it's the value creating community so if you are Mm. engaged in programming or you're there for open rec there's a sense of community there and i think that if you look at our students and the academic rigor is is putting the value on taking a break and being physically active but it also is creating a community for them that's outside their classroom that you know if we any of us go through a situation of anxiety or you know stressors or that put pressure on us i think we turn to our our friends and our family and those in our community and mm. so i think any chance we can impact that sensing sense of community but the creation of community um can have a huge impact on our students well-being i don't want to focus too much on on football yeah. but you know if we get into individual players there are a couple who were recognized as real stars so tell me about them yeah I think it's a great example. Um, football is just the microcosm of the whole. And so, and when you asked before about the commitment to football, it's not just the commitment to football, it's a commitment to all the sports to, to elevate those kind of expectations. And I think, you know, whether you reference Trey Ford that came in here as a rookie of the year, has now been named MVP in the conference, um, put up some of the best numbers in our history, not just for the Warriors, but in our league. Um, I think is a really good example of the type of student-athlete we're able to attract here. And I'm not sure people thought we could do that. And so, but it's not just football. You know, you, mm-hmm. you know, Jack Kinsberger is another football player that's right. won Rookie of the Year again. But on the volleyball side, so, you know, volleyball is an amazing experience last year and some success. Um, probably didn't get as deep as they wanted to, um, but we hosted the Final Four for uh, the first time in our history, um, the Final Four tournament for the province. Um, but... We also had the Rookie of the Year in the country um, in Sarah Glynn. So Sarah, Sarah comes in, out of province student-athlete, kinesiology student. But again, the type of student-athlete that we will build, a, hopefully, a championship-caliber uh, program around. But that's, again, we, we've got that in other sports. We You look at rugby that won a playoff game for the first time in a long time last year. We hosted a playoff game in, in that sport. But a local product, Mitch Vorlach, you mm-hmm. know, MVP. Um, getting opportunities in the province, in the pro- yeah, MVP in our province, but also getting opportunity to play at the next level, whether that's provincially or nationally mm. too. And so, um, I think that just speaks to the type of student athlete. Um, if I look at the cycle over the last five years, you know, some of our first cycle, like Jesse Gibbon, um, unfortunately won't be back with our football program this year because he could be in his fifth year. But exciting opportunity. He went second overall in the CFL draft. Mm. Um, he, I watched on TV last week, like he's playing for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And so obviously very proud of the student athlete that was recruited here, but also now the student athlete or the alumnus that is representing us um, in our program. He's got his own cheering section in Waterloo. And he's in the right colors still. So <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So what about soccer? Yeah, I think, I mean, I maybe mean, speak to women's soccer t- two years ago was so exciting um you know we made back the playoffs we host a playoff game on our own campus um i still have images in my head of 
um, fellow student athletes rushing the field after we won in a shootout and and carrying our goalie Maddie off on their shoulders. And so that excitement to me is really um, really paramount because I think we get questioned for um, lack of spirit on this campus. I think we have lots of passion. We're very proud individuals on this campus to be first at things and I, ex- I expect that you know it's going to be us being first when we come to some team success in our future but when you saw that you could see the pride um, but definitely the spirit of uh, of celebrating that that win last year the men's team individually uh, you know Sebastian was rookie of the year uh, Mark Wharton our and coach Sebastian was Guerrieri? yes yeah and then uh, Mark Wharton our coach was named coach of the year in the conference and so um, again the types of people to lead our programs but also the types of people the student athletes that we can recruit and so men's soccer went in and and upset McMaster which is a, a very strong soccer program and so you know we're able to have some success in the playoffs for the first time in uh, I think it's 2010 um, so again can we build on that this year I think is the expectation now yeah cool so what about some events coming up what do you want people to know about the season is now underway where we've had uh, camps start to open for our student-athletes, but our first event is really the home opener for football, which is on Sunday, August 25th, um, 7 p.m. under the lights against U of T. Um, so we'd invite our community to come out and, and join us in, in hopefully the first victory of the year. Terrific. Um, but lots of exciting you know, times in the fall. There's tons of act- activity. Two things that be on our calendar will be the, the grand opening of the Fieldhouse on September 17th, uh, President Hamdeloper will join us to to open that facility. Um, we'll have our presence barbecue, but also the, the formal remarks and grand opening at 11 a.m. on the 17th. Amazing. Well, that's excellent. Very exciting. Lots of cool things to look forward to. Can people get season tickets for the Warriors, Rolly? Yeah. Our, I mean, for our student base, our students are complimentary. We're always trying to encourage and engage them oh, really? to, to be out and support us. Huh. Um, but uh, for our community, yes, uh, we sell individual games, but also seasons tickets. And basically, you can find that at gowarriorsgo.ca slash tickets. Great. We'll um, put a link so. on the show notes and SoundCloud so people can go there and get their tickets and support their team. That'd be great. We'd like you all to jump on the bandwagon. Good luck, Warriors. And thanks for being here, Rolly. Thanks for having us, Pamela. Well, that about wraps it up for us this week. You can find additional information and links about the items we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes on SoundCloud. To ensure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the Beyond the Bulletin podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. You've heard from us, now we want to hear from you. Send us your feedback and story ideas to bulletin at uwaterloo.ca. Thanks for listening as we went Beyond the Bulletin. They come on a little strong there. Beyond. Beyond. <laughs> it's a bit. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a bit uh, Buzz Lightyear. To yeah. Infinity and Beyond. All right, I'll try. Gary Owens. <laughs> oh. Every time I, I every time <laughs> I'm I give amazed a reference, you know that reference. You, you just try to one up I mean, me. <laughs>